Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. And I'm Dewey Vaughn. We're your hosts of Cat Talk Radio. Here to give you information that will help you take better care of your cat. And help you bond more with your cat. Yeah. And today, because a listener sent this in, we're going to talk about transitioning your cat from an outdoor cat to an indoor cat. You know, that's got to be a tough topic. Uh, I would imagine once they get a taste of freedom and get a taste of being able to go and come when they please, roam wherever they want to go, follow any sense that they want to smell. I would believe that would be a difficult task uh, to train a cat to go from indoor, from outdoor to indoor. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like training a guy to go from being single to married, right? Oh, no, you didn't go there. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. Ability to roam anywhere you want to go, follow whatever sense follow you smell. have. All right. It's like... Pizza, steak, barbecue. I'm going to go that direction. <laughs> so, like I said, this topic actually comes from a listener. Sheila M. writes into us. Hello. I'm writing to ask for advice and tips on transitioning a cat from being an outdoor, indoor cat to being an indoor only cat. My cat is seven years old and I've had him since he was a kitten and I didn't know better when I was raising him that it's not good to have a cat outside and I'm about to move and I would like to make him be an indoor only cat. But in the past, when I've tried this, he acted up very badly and he became very anxious and kind of aggressive towards me. So I don't want that to happen again. I already feed him raw food and wet food, but only twice a day. I'm working on getting it to four times a day. He has a lot of toys and two cat towers and lots of scratching posts. But I admit, I don't play with him as much as I'd like. For being seven, he can still play for a very long time once he gets going. Anyways, thanks for any tips or advice in advance. I love and am so grateful of your podcast, and it's taught me so much. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Sheila. Thanks for tuning that was, in. That's very nice. Yes, thank you, Sheila. I can, I can imagine trying to recreate things that the cat loves to do so much in the outdoors. I know that Pico, just going from our cat, going from inside to outside... He knows when it's five o'clock and it's time for us to go outside and sit outside because he'll start milling around and he'll come in and meow and he'll go to the back door uh, just because we sit outside in the afternoons, evenings, and he loves to go out there like that. So I can imagine what the difficulties may be in reverse of that. 
Yeah. And I mean, and to clarify for our listeners, we don't just let him out. We live in an area where there's lots of predators. He he would become a snack if we let him out. So he's right. been harnessed and leash trained and he has a pretty long lead on his leash. So we tether him out there where we can see him and be with him, but that he does get interaction with lizards and and even a little baby snake the other night. He cornered oh, yeah. a little baby Boy, snake. Was that, was that a fiasco? <laughs> that was crazy. This little tiny baby snake. You know, it was a bull snake or a king snake. It wasn't anything venomous, but it was had a big wide open mouth and it was striking at him. Kept striking and trying to bite him. And he kept going back in and but he was a little jumpy for a few days afterwards. But he went back to that same spot looking for that snake and mice. We have lots of mice. So he loves being outside. And it is really hard once they get a taste of that freedom, you know, but it's it's challenging, but not impossible to, to do the transition. I mean, you know, once they know what it's like to be the ruler of their tiny little outdoor kingdom, it, it's kind of challenging to reduce that foothold to making them indoors only. Because outside, you know, they get so much stimulation, you know, that's natural to their species, like hunting, like we were talking about going after the the snake and the mouse and things like that. Often being confined to the indoors feels very lacking to them. You know, and you always have said in the past, change is very hard for cats. And this seems like the perfect example of that. And even a bigger shift than a cat adjusting to a new home or a new litter box or something like that. So this is a major change. It would be interesting to hear what advices you come up with. It really can be. And, and, you know, it depends on how much time the cat was spending indoors. She mentions that her cat was an indoor-outdoor cat and now she wants it indoor only. But imagine how much harder that is to transition a cat who's lived outdoors 100% of the time, right? I mean, there's that one cat that we seem to come across that realizes he's hit the jackpot and just immediately becomes a couch potato in your home. But, you know, he's, he's the exception to the rule. So as with all new things that you introduce to cats, you want the transition to be very gradual, right? If you have time, what you want to do is keep that cat indoors and block, of course, outdoor access for certain times of the day. And then those times should probably not be the times that they're amped up to be hunting naturally, right? Because they're crepuscular. So they're more active dawn and dusk. So midday when they're typically sleeping inside is probably the best time to start acclimating them to the indoors and then gradually increase that amount of time that they're confined indoors. That would be a, a good strategy place to start. Yes, and wouldn't they appreciate the fact that they're indoors and safe and they have soft bed to sleep on, meals come free and on time, no change or chance of hunting or failed huntings, and um, there's always someone who loves them all the time. (laughs) Well, that sounds like you, my love. How are you adjusting the indoor life? The streets, my love. So, Give me a nice warm bed. 
<laughs> you know, if you've ever listened to any of our podcasts, I don't think I make it through one of them without saying, well, you know, in the wild, cats will blah, blah, blah. And, and, I, and I say that a lot because they need to exhibit their wild cat natural behaviors, right? It, it's really hard on them emotionally and physically when they can't do the things that they're genetically wired to do in the wild. And that includes hunting, right? So when they're outside all day, they're going to spend six hours a day hunting. So you've got to provide indoor entertainment, right? And, and, that means that indoor entertainment translates to environmental enrichment. And that's really key to making that outdoor cat feel satisfied with being inside. Now, we did a webinar recently on enrichment. And I produced a 48-item checklist of things you can be doing to make sure that your cat is getting adequate enrichment in the home. So go to YouTube, find our channel, check that out and, and watch that. It's very, very informative. That will help pave the way for this transition. Well, you know what? <clears throat> this sounds like a whole lot of prey playing going on here in order to keep <laughs> that cat satisfied. <laughs> right. Because, yes, yeah, six hours a day. I know everybody's thinking, wait, they're hunting six hours a day. Does that mean I got to prey play for six hours a day? Well, if you were the perfect cat parent, yep, you sure would. You'd be prey playing all the time and engaging your cat in fun, you know, stalking, hunting type run around the house sequences and tossing treats and tossing toys and prey playing. You'd, you'd be doing that all day long and then you would have a perfectly happy cat. But simulating that hunting experience and that hunting sequence, which is seeing it, stalking it, chasing it, pouncing on it, grabbing it, and delivering that kill bite. That's really key to a happy cat. Any cat, really. Indoors, you know, a cat that's lived indoors its whole life, or this in-out or totally out cats that we're talking about, especially the ones that have had time outside because they've had a taste of what that's like in the wild. And the cat that's been living outdoors, you know, its whole life is going to require, obviously, a whole lot more stimulation than one who's used to living an indoor routine its whole life. So what other types of outdoor activities do you have to provide these folks that are going through this? Well, after hunting, I'd say the next most important activity your cat does outdoors is mark their territory. So it's real important to them as a solitary species because these cats are naturally solitary. They have no social hierarchy in the wild. They don't live in packs, that kind of thing. So they carve out a territory and they mark their territory, right? And that includes perimeter urination mark marking and scratching, right, in their territory. So the best way to help an outdoor cat transition to like indoor litter boxes and scenting is to place them around the perimeter of your home, right? You want to put scratching posts by doors and windows and, and by the resources too. put a scratching post by where you feed them, put a scratching post by your desk, 
if they've claimed you. You know, it's natural for them to mark resources. And they use scratching as a territorial marking gesture because they have scent glands between their toes. And so when they're scratching, they're leaving a unique scent behind to say, this is my territory. It's something they got to do. And if you don't supply any scratching opportunities, they're going to use, of course, your sofa or chairs or that kind of thing. But an outdoor cat, and he does it a lot during his day. That, that scent marking that they do over the course of a day is a super important activity. And if you don't give them an appropriate outlet in your home to do it, then you're going to be really unhappy with what they come up with on their own. So, you know, put your litter boxes like up against the exterior walls of the house and make sure you have a lot of them. You know, they're not going to be happy even if you just have one cat and you're trying to bring it in. It, they're not going to be happy with one box in one location. You know, outdoors, they're strategically placing their excrement to make a statement. So they've got to have lots of opportunities to do that in the house. Or again, you're not going to be happy with what they come up with on their own. <laughs> <laughs> what about transitioning the food? I know that's got to be really important. They're used to going out and hunting, catching all that. What about that transition? Yeah, that's it. So depending, you know, if, if you have an indoor outdoor cat like Stacy had or Sheila, Sheila, Sheila. Oh, my God, Sheila. <laughs> I can't talk tonight. That said, you know, you might be feeding it indoors or right? they'll still hunt, by the way, even if you're feeding them full meals all day long. It's in their nature. They'll hunt. They'll kill. They might not eat their prey. But if you haven't been feeding an outdoor cat, and it's been relying on what it catches, then of course, a raw food diet is the closest to what they're eating outside. That's more natural to the species than anything else, then you can, then you can feed it. But, you know, it, it's very important, especially in an outdoor diet cat that you feed a moist meal. Feeding raw might not be for you, but the cat's got to have a mo moist meal. And by that, of course, I mean cans or pouches or that sort of thing, not dry food. Because they get most of their hydration from their natural prey, right? The prey's got about 75-80% water content in it, and they're genetically engineered not to drink a lot of water. So if you feed these outdoor cats dry food once they're indoors, they're going to be really dehydrated. Now think about how you feel when you're dehydrated, right? You get a headache, right. you get lethargic, you don't feel good. Well, that's the same thing that the cat's going to go through. And they're going to start to associate those feelings of not feeling well with being indoors. And they're going to work really harder to get outside. And then the other thing is, in the wild, they'll eat 10 to 20 small meals a day. They like little tiny mouse snacks. They don't sit down and eat four mice at a time, which is like the equivalent to what we are feeding our cats in a meal in a lot of cases. They need to have smaller, frequent meals. So you've got to mimic that as well. Feed them four to five times a day. There are timers. I heard a lot of you just go, what? I got to work. <laughs> what do you mean feed my cat four times a day? Are you crazy? So <laughs> I heard that. And there are food timers for that. And 
if you go to our website at catbehaviorsolutions.org and you click on the resources and then the nutrition section and you scroll down on the page, you will see links to several food timers with cold packs that are very reliable and can help you feed your cat multiple times a day, even though you are not there to deliver it in person. So don't use that as an excuse. So what about taking them outside? Once a cat's indoors, I mean, and you're trying to train them to stay indoors, should you leave them indoors just to, you know, take down that uh, anxiety? Well, let me say that a catio, which for those of you who aren't familiar with that term, that's an enclosed patio designed for the cat to be able to come and go into that outdoor space safely. So it's usually covered so that it's protected from the elements, snow, rain, sleet, whatever. And of course, it's fenced in so the cat can't get out and predators and other cats can't get in to that space or your home. And there's a cat door that links the catio to the home. A catio goes a long, long, long way in Mm -hmm. helping to give your cat that access to the outdoors that they crave so much, but keeping them safe at the same time. So it's hugely important. If you live in an apartment and you're going, but I can't build a catio on. Well, you've probably got a patio or you've got a balcony. So figure out how to cat proof it and give them an opportunity to spend time outdoors. So if you got a balcony and you put chicken wire along the railing and you build up so that they can't get on the railing and go over, right? And at night, when you come home from work, open the balcony door and just let them go hang out there at night. They will love it. If you provide them an outside safe space, that that's huge. And if you can't do that, then yeah, harness and leash walks are are good too. I would suggest doing that on a schedule so they're not bugging you like all the time to go out and do it. Like, you know, make it six o'clock every day. I get home from work, I change clothes, and then I'm going to take you out for a walk. Kind of like you would a dog, right? (laughs) And (laughs) and that becomes enrichment hour. You know, that, that helps too. But when they are bugging you in between times, you know, they're like bugging you at 3 a.m. I want to go out. I want to go out. I want to go out. It's very important that you ignore it. If you have a set schedule every day and you're sticking to it, they will eventually acclimate to, okay, six o'clock comes around. I'm getting to go out. That's awesome. And then they'll respect that. So you said bugging you to go out. I'm guessing they do that a lot. Probably would be about that. I mean, if they're used to outdoors, how would you recommend an owner respond to that frantic to go out behavior? Got to go out, got to go out. What would you say to that? Yeah, I'd say that's probably the most challenging aspect of this, right? Because people who try to make this transition with these cats find that, you know, they're they're pestering them to go out, to go out. It's It's an attention-seeking behavior. And they do it because you probably respond to it. You probably look at the cat and talk to them. You might even actually get up and let them out, which super reinforces the behavior. So you don't want to reinforce that behavior. You have to have lots of patience. And you do need to use positive reinforcement, but you want to praise them for their calm and good behaviors indoors when they're not bugging you to go out. 
And it's super important that you ignore those attention-seeking behaviors because as soon as they get what they want from whatever they're pestering you about, then they're going to do that more. Whatever you are paying attention to and positively reinforcing, they're going to do more. So ignore those attention-seeking behaviors. So what other things or types of things should you provide for a cat that you're transitioning from outdoors to indoor life living? Well, there's so many things. I mean, think about it like we've talked about all the things that they do outside. You know, they're out there climbing because they love to climb to high places. That's their surveillance zone, right? They've got surveillance towers and places they go, top of roofs, fences, trees, things like that, where they watch other cats and stuff. So you've got to provide those high places in the home. All the scratching we talked about, we talked about a lot of posts and strategically placing those by windows and doors. And we talked about simulating the hunting experiences. And that not only includes prey play, but it also encompasses hiding treats. So they know, you know, they get that opportunity to forage like they would outside. And mental stimulation is important. You know, when they're outside, they got to figure out a lot of things on their own. And while they're indoors, things get handed to them. So they don't get that opportunity to figure things out. So puzzles, treat puzzles that are complicated, start them off easy and then graduate them to more complex ones. Opportunities to figure stuff out, create food mazes, anything like that will, will help. And then you know, there's other scenting things you can do for them. Like I said, it was very important that they deposit scent through scratching and, of course, through their litter box. But you can also put corner combs on walls. And they're these little combs that shape around a corner of a wall. And the cat can rub its face on it. They have a very important face pheromone that they use for scenting also. And you can also provide them with a variety of scents for them to smell, you know, because outside, think about it. Think of all the different things that they're smelling. Think of how their senses are impacted by being outdoors and how much more enriching that is. So some of the things you can safely use indoors would be catnip or silver vine or a combination of um, you can even use spices like dill and oregano, parsley, rosemary. You can grow wheatgrass for them to eat. That's safe. And then, of course, you know, provide nice, quiet places to nap because when they're outside, you know, they're sleeping with one eye open because they're used to being on the watch for predators. So give them a good, quiet, out of the, you know, way place to nap. That'll make them feel more safe now that sounds very very good really but it seems like after the freedom of living out outdoors being inside all the time would really make a cat feel like he's been stripped of his control and you say that this is one of the most important things a cat needs is his own control of his own area and all of that so how how do you transfer that yeah true and that's a good point so one of the most important ways that you can make a fat, a fat, a cat to feel <laughs> <laughs> or a fat to kill a cat to feel in control is clicker training, which is a form of positive reinforcement, right? And there are different methods. 
you can positively reinforce something you see your cat naturally doing. So like Pico jumps up on my desk and he reaches out a paw and gently taps my nose. I didn't teach him to do that. He just started doing that one day. So I gave him a treat and then he went, Ooh, that worked. And he tapped it again. I gave him another treat. And so now he thinks he's controlling me. He's like, watch, I'm going to push that magic button in the middle of her face and a treat's going to come out. You know? <laughs> so he feels in control. And if your cat doesn't naturally do something cute and wonderful you want to reinforce, you can teach them to target. You know, they're always curious about things. So hold out your finger or hold out a pencil or something and they'll come out and touch their nose to it and sniff it and give them a treat and then start moving that target a little farther away. So they're following it. Pretty soon you can get them to follow the target and they're thinking, all I got to do is touch this thing and watch a treat comes out they begin to feel like they are in control when we click or train them. So that's one of the most empowering things you can do for a cat. Wow. So are, are all these things we discussed going to have to continue or will a cat finally settle in and be an indoor cat and lay around and be leisure and all that? <laughs> the couch potato. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can tell you there are no shortcuts, right? You got to step it up and work really hard if you want to make inside as much fun as outside was. But yeah, I, I do think once they're satisfied with the routine, they do seem to calm down some and not bug you as much to go outside. But if you don't do the work and they get bored, you know, first of all, there's likely to be behavior issues. They, they can get very aggressive when they feel trapped and not having control or access, they can stop using the litter box. They can be very, very vocal, meowing, pacing, things like that. They'll do any kinds of things to get your attention to let them out. So yeah, I do think it calms down some. If you do the work on your end, if you do nothing and just expect that the flooding of the situation, the extinction method, if you think that's going to work, you're wrong. It's not going to work. You've got to do the things that we talked about today in order for that cat to feel like inside is fun because outside is a lot of fun to a cat. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I bet door dashing becomes an issue. I know that we sometimes have that issue with Pico He's an indoor cat, but sometimes he door dashes, but I would bet that would be a big issue. Yeah, it is. And just like, you know, the reason Pico door dashes is because he goes out there on his harness and leash, and that's an extension of his territory, and he feels comfortable out there. And and so every now and then he'll take the opportunity, you know, you'll see when we come home, he's not looking at us going, hi, it's nice to see you. He's watching between our legs. Do I have an opportunity to make it out without them kicking me or, or closing the door on me. And the other night he did it. He, he dashed, darted out and thankfully he likes to go out and he rolls around in the dirt. He's like a dog. He's like rolling and rolling, but you got to watch him really close. Cause when he finishes rolling about four or five times, then he dashes off and makes you chase him all over hell and back to, <laughs> to get him back <laughs> in. So, so yeah, door dashing, 
can become an issue and it is definitely something you have to watch and uh, and mitigate and keep them from from doing wow this has been a very interesting conversation i mean we talk a lot about indoor cats but you know transitioning one like this and usually they're either an indoor or an outdoor cat and transitioning one like this is is i would imagine is difficult so thank you for sharing all of it that is. stuff it you know it's difficult but it's also worth it. An outdoor cat's not going to live as long as an indoor cat. Let's face it. There's lots of dangers out there for them and they just flat don't live as long. So transitioning your outdoor cat to be an indoor only cat is a good thing. It's, it's a good thing for your cats, the best thing you can do. So it's worth it. Well, I'd like to invite our listeners, any of you out there listening to this, if you have any topics, ideas, or questions, we really appreciate it. Molly appreciates it because she loves to do the research, and it's another topic that she will expand on, and then it just helps everyone that's listening. So please send those ideas, questions, or any other thing you want to, to communicate with Molly. You do that through molly at cattalkradio.com easy to remember cattalkradio.com yep and it's molly with the y and there's another way that you can also send us your questions if you go to cattalkradio.com there's now an app there that you can record your question in your own voice and it emails it to us and that's really cool too once we get several of those we'll play those and do an episode of those in your own voice so do that and, you know, there's other ways you can help us, obviously. Uh, go to our store. 100% of the proceeds of everything that is sold in our store goes to the nonprofit. And we are picking up some new products because we just got back from Super Zoo. And we've got lots of new stuff hitting the, the store now. So go check it out. Cool stuff. And really, everything you do to help support us um, you can go to our store and there's amounts you can donate to us, which helps also because this is an all volunteer nonprofit. There are no salaries paid out of this. Believe it or not, I don't have to pay Dewey a salary yeah. to rope him into doing this. We do it because we want to help you take better care of your cat and increase the bond between the two of you. And you know what? We're going to keep doing it as long as shelter oh, euthanasia, euthanasia is, is the, the number one cause of death. death in cats thanks for tuning in with us today everybody until next time keep calm and purr on yes goodbye everybody you can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air in the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission. 
reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.